everybody to Beyond the Box Set, a podcast where we pitch prequels, sequels and spin-offs to films that don't have any. I'm Harry and joining me this week is John, as always. And Hello. for our first time ever, we're having a guest. Hello. Hey, and guest. You are... I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> confused? Uh, I'm confused. I'm dad. Yeah. <laughs> nice one. Yeah, my name's Ross. I feature on another of Harry's podcasts, uh, Beer, Pizza and a Movie, which we've been Yay. doing together for a little over a year now. And... Yeah. Uh, Harry and John have invited me to be on the box set today to talk about one of my favourite films, and I'm quite excited to uh, see what this podcast is like and what it's like to be on a podcast that's not the other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for having me, guys. Anytime. I'm looking forward to uh, chatting about this film. So yeah, this film is Ross's Choice, um, and that's not the name of the film. <laughs> <laughs> Ross's Choice. I paid a lot of money for that <laughs> film to be made. That's, that's my sequel for Sophie's Choice, which we're doing in two weeks' time. Oh, great. <laughs> not really. <laughs> I have to choose which of my children die. So, yeah, the good, the bad and the ugly. John, when did you last see it? I watched it about a week ago because yeah. uh, it took us a little time to get to this podcast for various yeah. scheduling reasons. Um, it was my first time watching it mm-hmm. uh, and I really enjoyed it. I thought, again, old classic westerns aren't really a genre that's in my comfort zone. It's not something I gravitate towards, but no, I, I found it a really good film. It's It took its time to get going. It really does. It's, it's the first for the first 45 minutes. Because I went into it knowing it was a three-hour film, so I was like, okay. Settle down. Always, yeah, get yeah. comfortable. And then for the first 45 minutes, it's like, this film could have been an hour shorter if everybody just moved at normal human pace. Because <laughs> everyone just walks so slowly, and there's all these like long silences where nobody says anything. Mm. And it's, obviously, it's tension building, and it's all yeah. that. But, yeah. I mean, that's totally acceptable in the three-way shootout at the end. Oh, but for yeah. a huge mm. amount of it, it's kind of, why am I not speeding this up a bit? Oh, yeah, the first scene where the ugly... No, the, the bad, sorry, the bad yeah. angel... Walks, kills that guy, and oh, he's yeah. sl- ever so slowly walking towards him, and then they just look at each other. Yeah, and it's just—I it, swear that scene lasted about half an hour. Can, also, I, can, I, can I just butt in? How long does it take him to to smother that guy with that pillow? That's a yeah. good minute and a half mm. of pillow smothering as well. This is a good point for me to say what I did. So I watched it uh, the night before we initially tried to record this, and because I was running so late, I started watching it maybe ten or half ten at night. And John, you just told me it was a three-hour film, so I watched it at double speed. <laughs> and my God, the comedic timing in this film is flawless. There must be some snappy cuts in a it's double gr- speed great, version. Of it's this. great because you get somebody who's just being very quiet and walking at normal pace down a corridor or well, down, down <laughs> a corridor, and they just stare at somebody for about five seconds. This is at double speed still, and then just <laughs> suddenly go. I'm going to call you. Of <laughs> course, <laughs> yeah, because it's very slow and then normal-paced speaking. Yeah. And yeah. Also, yeah, it's oh, absolutely, absolutely hilarious. Yeah. And also, just watching people walk around really fast is just... Oh, yeah. Also, the, the cuts where they go sort of eyes, hand, gun, eyes, hand, gun, wide shot, gun, hand, eye. Yeah. That must have been just so fast and confusing. I, watching this film reminded me of when I watched a film called Annie Hall, which is a Woody Allen film, which is often cited as the funniest film, one of the great comedies of all time. I've heard that. I've and heard I Annie watched Hall Annie Hall and enjoyed it, but I was like, because I, everything in it had been referenced so much subsequently... It was a little bit hard to admire the craftsmanship of the originality of it. Yeah, because so, it's it's yeah. kind of the originator yeah. of so many. So ideas. I spotted so many references in cartoons and in other things as well. Just so many things that this referenced. Like, yeah, that it almost became more comedic than maybe it was intended to be for me. Yeah, that makes sense because it is the beginning of so many jokes that you totally, already yeah. know the punchline. People's to. hats constantly getting shot. Yeah, off. oh, that's oh, brilliant. I love that. Yeah, is that like an intimidation thing? 
I yes, don't know, think, or is it like a distraction? Well, in this film, it's a confusing thing. Okay. I assume you're talking about the hanging scene. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which should... is such a high-risk little scam they've got going on. There. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes, that is good. Um, I love that scam at the beginning. Uh, Did, uh, I love Clint Eastwood. I don't think you'll ever be worth more than so, so-and-so amount of mm-hmm. dollars, so I'm just going to cut you loose. I <laughs> yeah. love that. Yeah. Like, the good? Meh. Relatively. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed Relatively that, 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 the that good. intro. Yeah. So it was like, that's that's not good. Yeah. That's, that's Wild West good. Do you think that the ugly could have been uglier? I had this question too. He he was not ugly. He no, was he just, wasn't. He just looked Mexican. Yeah, I was, that was my exact... Yeah, I thought, <laughs> is he ugly or is he Mexican? I felt, yeah. just, yeah. I felt the film should have been called The Morally Questionable, The Bad and The Mexican. So I thought the film... Sh- <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's what your sequel is. Uh, it's not actually. I, ah. I had a similar thought. Cause first, yeah, because I felt like it was really... It, Tuco was my favourite character. Oh, it was mean, really his yeah. story for me. But I felt like he was more... He wasn't even... He was more the bad than the ugly for me. He wasn't like a villain. He, he actually had a lot of shape, light and shade. But he was like the antagonist, if you will, to boost to uh, Clint Eastwood's protagonist. I felt like Lee Van Cleef was just someone who turned up. I don't think he'd earned second billing. No, that's true. No, he was, definitely It not. was definitely about the good and the ugly. Yeah. Well, and the I bad would, just rocked up at the end. Yeah, I would have called this film the good, the bad and the underdeveloped side of secondary characters. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a fair point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's not he's not physically ugly. He's he's was, ruggedly handsome. Yeah, I, I was quite attracted to him. I'm gonna put it out there. <laughs> honestly, I would much rather <laughs> to the ugly in Good, the Bad, yeah, and the Ugly. I had to really question myself: Is this me? Because honestly, I would way rather go for a roll in the hay with him than Lee Van Cleef any day. Mm. And on a good day, Clint Eastwood. He's not really my type, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Clint Eastwood in this movie was gorgeous. He is objectively very attractive in this movie. Oh yeah. And it really, I don't want us to go on a Marvel tangent, but it did really strike me. I was like, how has he never played Wolverine's father? How, oh my oh God. God. Logan, yes. just he looks Hugh so Jackman in X1 immediately. Mm. Well, that's that's just Clint Eastwood. They wanted Clint Eastwood yeah, from maybe 30 years yeah. ago, but they couldn't have him. Yeah. Have you seen that somebody's yeah. photoshopped uh, Hugh Jackman to look like Clint Eastwood, but in the style of this Logan film? Oh, that's brilliant. And it, look, it looks really good. It also looks quite a lot like Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm. I found. I mean, Logan's basically a Western. So. Yeah, and, and they've said that they've actually based the character of Logan in Logan off Clint Eastwood in mm. the Spaghetti Westerns. Yeah, yeah. They say that is, they call it the Man with No Name trilogy yeah. sometimes, but uh, he's got a name in at least two of them. Oh. <laughs> or at least it, a nickname. A, a nickname's different. He's Blondie in one, he's Manco in another one, and I think he genuinely doesn't get a name in the first one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've seen the first but one. But... I, I like the Dollars trilogy, but then the third one doesn't have the word dollars in the name, so yeah. why would you call it the Dollars trilogy? <laughs> why is it called the Spaghetti Western trilogy? Uh, they were filmed, uh, I believe the director is Italian. Uh, he is. Sergio, Sergio Leone. Yeah. Oh, that, not to cut you off, were you too, well, not you, but were you distracted as much as I was by the weird dubbing? Oh god, the dubbing's terrible. Yeah. Uh, no, because oh, you're on double you're, again, you're again at double speed. Double speed. <laughs> you don't notice. Okay, those so if you watch it on regular speed, it's really weirdly dubbed. And I, hope, I was watching. Have I got a bad copy of this? Because the, the mouth, mouth movements didn't match mm. up with the sound. Mm-hmm. And then I looked it up afterwards, and it's because they, they re-recorded practically all of the dialogue. Really. Yeah, it was yeah. all filmed on location. Yeah. I believe in Italy. Yeah, or like pos- southern Europe. I think. Yeah, half of the apart from the free main characters the supporting characters were just speaking Italian apparently <laughs> like you know the guy when they go to the um, army base and there's the guy who wants, the, whose dream is to blow up the bridge yes. oh, yeah. yeah apparently he was just speaking Italian and they, were just, <laughs> they, they just, just dubbed him over in English yeah. that does explain it I mean mm. in my really, opinion so this it was is... filmed in two languages then yeah essentially see for, for me this is one of the things that makes movie magic because mm. obviously that's a flaw mm. and in modern big budget movies you just wouldn't do that that wouldn't happen and yet, modern bid budget movies 
very few of them are as good as the good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, yeah, so it wasn't a g- once I got used to it, it kind of added to the whole yeah. vibe. Yeah, because this film has such a distinctive kind of vibe and um, sensibility that once I got used to the mouth movement thing, I was okay. Yeah, exactly. I accepted it. I mean, it was it was all filmed on location. It was all mm. filmed on a budget that was about twelve pound yeah. fifty. I really it, appreciated <laughs> the the location thing as well because I've said yeah. this a lot before. Because now it will all be on CGI and on a soundstage somewhere. Yeah, exactly. I loved the fact that it was actually shot in actual places and it looked real because mm. it was real yeah exactly and from those days sets in those days you can always tell oh god if totally it's supposed yeah. to be outdoors and, mm. and it's a set yeah. you can always tell yeah, yeah. exactly those I, ones, they look I, great. I, I if i'm choosing between sort of breaking the this uh, immersion i'd much rather have some iffy dubbing than a matte painting background that's super obvious 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah yeah okay Couple more things about Tuco before we move on, because I do have, I have a lot of thoughts on Tuco. <laughs> wow, you've got you've made notes. <laughs> I have made some notes on Tuco. Uh, so first of all, you know the bit where he gets handcuffed to the big guy, and yes. then he and then he jumps out of the train. Oh yeah, and then his he, the guy dies. He kills the guy. But then in order to get off the... Ha- his plan to get off the handcuffs is insane. Oh my God, they actually did that. Yeah, that I know. That was a real train. He nearly died, yeah, I read yeah. about that. <laughs> but even so, like, because I just thought, oh, obviously I expected he would live, but surely the, the train would just pull that guy along and drag him underneath as well. It's such a high-risk venture. Why not just get, like... Why not just chop off the guy's hand? And then, you know... Yeah. That seems like the most sensible option. That- yeah, I think you're right there. However, I think he was assuming that the train wheels would uh, destroy the chain before it drags him away. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if it doesn't, if the chain slightly snags or isn't completely severed, then yes, you would be dragged under a train. Tuka really just seems to have, for me, throughout the whole film, a very low sense of his own personal safety. Yes, he I was definitely true. That. <laughs> Yeah, For someone whose job, for someone whose mode of earning money is getting caught and then hanged over and over again <laughs> personal safety is not something that's high on his agenda yeah but i was very much team tuco for most of the film i really liked him as i yeah. probably said a few too many times now but i was really rooting for him i loved his little pink parasol that was adorable mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah that was great yeah. i can't remember if this film was the one where he shoots a guy in the bath as well yes that from was really cool, inside yeah. the yeah. bath yes. you want to shoot someone just shoot them don't talk that yeah was exactly great. that was yeah. Yeah. yeah and he also robs the gun shop doesn't he yes that he was builds good. his gun out of like oh, 20 different guns and then just sticks it in the mouth of the gun shop owner or something. <laughs> it seems like this has happened to him like every day he's, yeah. he's yeah. so nonchalant right let's get on with this let's get on with it <laughs> um so i'm gonna go first um and then uh ross you're gonna go second and then john is that it i will go second yeah sure okay right well mine is called the good the bad and the furry it's so close to mine we're gone <laughs> <laughs> um and it is essentially the uh, the good the bad and the ugly but made by disney oh um, in a remake. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so, the good is... Hang on, can I just clarify if you're trying to pitch a good film or a bad film, or is the idea that we're supposed to guess? Uh, you're not supposed to guess, but I like your opinion at the end. Okay, I feel fine. Like, yeah, I feel like that in the eye of the listener. Sometimes me and Harry very much disagreed on whether or not our pitches are good or bad. Or ugly. Or ugly. Hey! <laughs> so <been> ugly. Call back. <laughs> If I was going for this for a serious film, I'd probably put a, lot, a bit more effort yeah, in yeah, yeah. than, you know, one page of notes done over a lunch break. <laughs> um, so The Good is a rabbit. Is this going to be CGI or hand-drawn animation? Uh, CGI. Of course. Yeah, okay. um, the Good is a rabbit okay. um, who is played by, well, uh, the autocorrect on my phone didn't work, but I'm sure you can guess. Uh, Benedict Culberbags. <laughs> oh, Bumble Smash Cabbage Patch. That's yes. the one. Um, yeah, so... A rabbit uh, and not an otter? That seems like an obvious... Hmm. Well, he's a rabbit. Okay, fine. So that's that's it. Okay, fine. Well, uh, I'm trying to think of a pun on Clint Eastwood or the word good that turns into a woodland creature, 
but mm. I can't think of one. Don't know. Um, <laughs> the bad um, is a fox, okay. played by Sigourney Weaver. Ooh, okay. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. I think she'd be Interesting. We've gender flipped yeah. the bad. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, not deliberately, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ugly is a chicken. I was mm. trying to think what kind of animal kind of fits that role and you Aww. could make ugly with animation. So I picked the chicken. Oh, that poor um, chicken. And I've played, uh, cast this chicken as Chris Rock. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I think he's got, he's got the right sort of humour and attitude. Like he's just very upbeat all the time, but okay. also, I don't know, hyperactive is what I wanted. Okay. Really. And yeah. how are you going to sell this to Chris Rock? You're playing a, an ugly chicken. He can play that. He'd be fine. I'm sure he... Uh, Eli Waller did it. True, yeah. Yeah, people play ugly characters. Yeah, fair enough. We will have to make this decision soon. So, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't need to be an ugly person playing the character because well, it's animation. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, you can say you've got a, you've got a face for radio, but if you're playing an ugly person on the radio, <laughs> 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 um, I don't actually have uh, character names for these guys. Okay. So uh, go. Uh, well, Tuco would obviously be Clucko because <laughs> good, he's a chicken. Good, now. great, great, Clucko. There you go. Um, so a, the, the bad is Angel Eyes. So um, what was a fox version of that be? Vixen eyes. Vixen eyes, yeah. And it's a woman as well. Brilliant. It makes sense. Yay. Vixen eyes and the good. He can just be... Clint. um, It's it's pure coincidence that he's called Clint. He's a rabbit. So he's... um, He's Blondie in the film. Yeah. So... Because he's the man with no name. So I don't know. um, Hoppy. Hoppy. Hoppy That's that's pretty uninspired. Flopsy. Flopsy. That's a good name for a bunny. I'm going to go Clint Flopsy. Clint Flopsy. Clint Flopsy. Oh god, flopsy, Clint oh. flopsy. I like how you're so, writing this down for future reference when you do turn this into a full expect full oh, yeah. script. I expect, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I expect to see what you get back from Disney when you send this to them. Yes, I'll give you a cut. Also, Clint flopsy sounds like he should be like a '40s noir detective in LA. Clint flopsy sounds like some kind of like condition, like like be- like Bell like palsy when your face goes off. Like. Doc, I've got this friend who's suffering from Clint's flopsy. Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> Tell your friend to take two of these pills and see me in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's brilliant. My so, name's Clint Flopsy. <laughs> uh, she was a hard-boiled dame and her legs went all the way from her hips down to the floor. <laughs> so there we have our good, bad and ugly. Now, I say a remake, it's not really the same story um, in most ways. Okay. Um, just What well, elements would be tough to sell to children? Yeah, definitely. Well, all the shooting and death and murder. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we, we start off with them actually playing a scam. Okay. Where we have, oh, I'm gonna have to remember the names every time now. <laughs> just just, just call them good, bad, and ugly. Or fox, rabbit, um, chicken. Okay, well, Clucko is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, carry on. Well, Clucko is uh, mugging, but not actually mugging uh, Vixen Eyes. Okay. okay, this is gonna get difficult. A-, a chicken is mugging a fox. A chicken is mugging a fox. <laughs> the fo- the fox is playing a damsel in distress. Okay, but is, um, is, how is the chicken? Is this at gunpoint? How is the chicken <laughs> overpower a fox? It's a children's movie, so I assume it's like an Acme Hammer. Well, I mean, actually, yeah, that's that's good. Acme Hammer, brilliant, yeah, quite yeah. sort of hilarious. Well, I mean, imagine they're all sort of similar sizes, like uh, Robin Hood. Okay, where you know there is a chicken in that who is ginormous, and then the main characters are like smallish foxes. Okay, cool. So, okay. Oh, that makes sense. I buy it. Yeah, yeah. That's the farthing one friend's rule of uh, animals. Yes. Um. And so that's happening, and the scam is that that's actually obviously not real, and then the rabbit, who, uh, Clint Flopsy... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> They've almost found a cure. <laughs> Clint Flopsy will come and just stop this crime from happening, and then claim the reward, uh-huh. share it between the three of them. Okay. So that's a, a little bit similar to oh, I like that. Play, playing a scam just to get the money. Yeah. And so that's what's going on. Okay. Plus, it pulls the, uh, it pulls the bad in... 
as a main character from the beginning because as john pointed out he's basically just a third third yeah. level character mm. he yeah. doesn't get equal billing in the film mm. so yeah that makes sense okay now this is the bit where they get caught by two cops okay what, what animals are the cops uh the cops are another rabbit and another fox you okay. already have names um they're called judy hops and nick wilde okay. and this is actually a crossover sequel to zootopia oh okay I'll have to take your word for it. Yeah, I've not seen it. But okay, oh, cool. are they the two main characters in Zootopia? They are. The cops? Yes. Right, okay. that makes sense. Yes. Oh my God, it's a crossover with Zootopia. Yeah, so I wasn't too sure whether I should include that in the title or not, but I felt like the good, the bad, and the furry was good enough as it yeah, is. Yeah, it works. Okay. It, it does sound like a kind of niche porn, but... Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, the good, the bad, and the fluffy. Also, yeah. also yeah, the, the good, yeah. the bad, the fluffer even more so. Sure, well, the I don't know that Anyway. I could totally see uh, Zootopia's sequel being entirely a parody of an old western movie so this yeah, actually it is could definitely pl- work. plausible and so it's set in the old west zootopia is obviously set well it's called zootropolis in some places mm-hmm. it's set in a big city okay. mm. um, but, but you could transpose it into the past also it should be called Zootopia: the sequel oh yeah. good good but again this isn't zootopia's episode right now we might, right, come, we might, we might come to that later we'll do an that, episode on zootopia if that never point. gets a sequel that's which, so we're gonna get a sequel yeah without a doubt it did make all of the money before didn't it? or after frozen do you think i think th- i have a feeling the zootopia sequel's already in production ah, good. although so is the frozen sequel so i don't, oh, God, don't mm. make another frozen story that mm. that story's done yeah anyway anyway fear and hatred of pointless sequels um, is coming out so yeah they uh they the wrong the- podcast for us yeah. <laughs> yeah that's true actually uh judy and nick uh bust them they they, they catch them but they're they're good the bad and the ugly do manage to get away and they flee in separate directions and leave the town. Nick and Judy didn't catch them in time. Okay. So then the film now centers around Nick and Judy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and it's about them trying to catch these three criminals. Okay. Who are the good, the bad and the ugly. Firstly, they start looking for the chicken. Clucko, was it? Clucko. Yeah. Clucko, yeah. Uh, so we, they fled in separate directions. They're they, not together. They're, yeah, separate directions. Okay. And we find out that Clucko has uh, gone to a gone to a farm. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why that really tickled me. It's <laughs> tied with all the other chickens. Like. You want to? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because there's chickens at a farm. Is this so. now going to cross? Have another crossover with Chicken Run? Uh, no, I've got a different crossover for this. Bit. Oh, okay. Oh, brilliant. Um, so <laughs> this farm is run by a leopard. Okay. Of course. Leopardo DiCaprio. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> Sold. Um, mm. And it turns out these chickens are actually uh, involuntarily cockfighting. Oh, okay. So oh my god, is, is Django it Django Unchained? Unchained? <laughs> it's Mandingo fighting, but with chickens. Uh, yeah. Oh god, that's brilliant. Um, obviously none of them are getting killed, and there's no like, gore or anything, so it's a good film. You know, it's all happy and nice. Mm. But it's not happy and nice. Like, they don't want to be there. Okay. And yeah, so th- because gladiatorial fighting is totally appropriate for a kid's film, Harry. Fighting happens in films sometimes. Mm-hmm. Kids need to learn these things. And so Nick and Judy arrive and they see what's going on and they actually take pity on Clucko. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> these names. Mm-hmm. Bit of an adventure ensues. You can imagine it's actually happening. I'm not going to spell it out, but okay. they free all the chickens and as repayment, Clucko decides to help track down... What are the names again? Vixenize. Vixenize and Clint Flopsy. Clint, Clint Flopsy, Flopsy. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> um, and so Clucko decides to help them with that Okay. Um, in exchange for his freedom. Okay. And you want a cluck, cluck, don't talk about it. <laughs> I've been sat on that for five minutes. <laughs> and so first, the, uh, I say first, and I second, they go and try and find Clint Flopsy. Okay. 
and eventually they do find Clint Flopsy. They hear about rumours of there's a white rabbit who's He's, he's found a way into Wonderland. Oh, God, how many crossovers are in this film? <laughs> it's like the last action hero of this film. Oh, God. <laughs> God. Um, and it turns uh. out that Clint Flopsy, for $100 fee, um, will uh, show people this tree that has a hole underneath it that leads to Wonderland. Okay. Now, it doesn't lead to Wonderland. Clint Flopsy's actually just been doing this so he can earn money so he can pay people off when they come and say, hey, you're a wanted criminal. Yeah. So that's what happens there. Okay. Um, Nick and Judy come, and Judy doesn't get paid off, but Nick does. But yeah, you don't actually. He's he's he's, he's quite about that. So okay. police Cause... corruption in a children's film, also. Oh, that's in Zootopia. Oh, is it? Yeah, right, fair enough. <laughs> um, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> yeah, Nick, at the start of the film, Nick is a scam artist. So. Yeah. Yeah, a bit of backstory for you two who've not seen. seen I need to really watch this very pretty. I'm really not up on uh, modern children's movies from the CGI Disney department. They did well this year. Yeah. Yeah. And I've not watched any of them. Yeah, no. The only reason I've watched Frozen is because I have nieces. Yeah. So so Uh, I've watched that nine times. (laughs) (laughs) And it's awesome. It's so good. Anyway, this isn't about Frozen and why it should never get a sequel. No, no. So. Then they find out uh, whereabouts Fox is, and so they start heading in that direction. And they see lots of wanted posters. Mm-hmm. As they're getting towards this location, the, wanted po- the, vo- the reward on the wanted posters is getting larger and larger. Okay. Because there's more and more crimes. Is happening. this a montage? Would that be a montage? Because I think that would be good. That could be a montage. Yeah. Yeah. And they start hearing these rumours about these different crimes that uh, Vix and Eyes has done. And it's just, it's getting worse and worse. And what kind of crimes are we talking about here? Uh, I haven't actually specified. Mm. Do, you, do you have any in mind that would be child appropriate? Oh, I don't know, yeah, because she could be like... What is a child appropriate crime? <laughs> Stealing cookies or yeah. something. No, that's, that's too twee. Give, give yeah, kids that is a bit too twee. Give them some credit. All right. Yeah, just grand larceny. Human, tra- yeah. human trafficking. Yeah, yeah, yeah human trafficking. Right. Have, I, have I overcorrected? <laughs> I may have overcorrected. Hang on, we had uh, we had slave fighting earlier. Yeah. So Yes, true. So egg, to egg be fair. maybe? Egg rustling. Oh, that's Breaking into the hen houses, stealing all the eggs. Ah, yes. Oh, that's quite a fox-related yeah, child-level yeah, crime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Vixen Eyes has been uh, egg rustling. Uh, human trafficking, and worst of all, eating cookies. <laughs> Monster. <laughs> yeah, I assume he started wearing... She. Uh, sorry, she. I assume Vixen Eyes now has started wearing paper trousers and like a paper jacket. Uh, That's has- why she's rustling. <laughs> yeah! Oh, we've got a Ross joke. <laughs> it's all right, I'll, I'll edit that. <laughs> <laughs> right, you're going to edit out my jokes? I might do. Ah! <laughs> so, they're, yes, they're, they're hunting down uh, Vixen Eyes, and disappointingly, they don't actually find her. Oh, okay. Twist. Yeah, this is a this is a film that is essentially unfinished. They get called back to, well, whatever the town was that they that they were from in the Wild West, okay. um, because they ran out of budget or something like that. I don't know. Um, as in the police, not the not the filmmakers. They just stopped, <laughs> stopped drawing them. <laughs> yes, when the animator stopped drawing the rabbit. Yes, and uh, this film is actually left unfinished. Over the credits, we do then get a montage of watching Vix and I commit these crimes. Hilarity okay. ensues. Ooh. Like that, a Disney short kind of thing, almost. Yeah. Because like I Disney, love those. Yeah, Disney. Yeah, they're good. Pixar did better thinking, ones. I was but... thinking more like uh, in Toy Story 2, where they have outtakes going over the credits. Oh, God, I love that as well. I love that. I, yeah, and, and, Pixar does better. outtakes. They yeah. Um, and that is actually how my film concludes. It does not conclude. Okay. Was there a reason for that? Or did you... Yeah, I ran out of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> 
That is why yeah. lots of films these days yeah, end. There's no barrier, really. Why yeah. did... So uh, that was The Good, The Bad and The Furry. Okay. Still think that sounds like a porn. Yeah. Yeah, there's no getting away from that. My initial idea was Zootopia, The Good, The Bad and The Furry. Yeah. Would that help? No, I, I like it the way it is. Well, I like you it. do. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because you're just imagining Eli Wallow in a in a large teddy bear outfit, I assume. Hey, my sexual fantasies are my own. Don't you judge me. <laughs> I'm not judging you. I think I'm just accurately describing you. Well, let's <laughs> draw a veil over that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. No. Eli Wallow is a handsome man. He is. Barrel-chested. Anyway. Um... <laughs> Edit point. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, it's your turn now, Ross. I yes. Believe. Unless any of you have got any uh, questions or anything on uh, uh, the good, the bad, and the furry. I, I like it. I, I Apart from the fact that you had run out of ideas, was there any reason why you decided to leave it unfinished? No, that was it. That, right. was, that, that was purely Not it. because you wanted to make a sequel to make even more money. I mean, sometimes I do that, but I, I also feel that's just running out of ideas without saying so. Mm. Would either of you have, have another way to close off this film? Or would you listeners have another way to close off this film? Yeah, okay. How do you close a child for a, a children's version, animated children's version of the good, the bad and the fairy? Um, yeah. So <laughs> nobody can get shot into an open grave and nobody can get hanged. Basically, yeah. I don't know. Have you ever seen Watership Down? Like, <laughs> pretty brutal, actually. Yeah, there are kids' films that go to pretty, some pretty dark places, so you could. That's uh, true. Yeah. Okay, so I'm I'm pitching uh, an awful movie. Okay. Uh, I'm pitching a sort of. I like, I like you've given us a warning up top. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I intend it to be awful because it is basically a thinly veiled uh, chance for me to rant about how much I hate sequels, prequels, reboots, and pointlessness. Let's get comfortable. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I hope you've got a couple of hours free. Now, hopefully I won't take that long, but it's going to be a sort of Rogue One, Han Solo, origin story, Star Wars prequels kind of, oh, Prometheus style prequel. Which is, it, is, it, is it set in space by any chance? No, it's not set in space. Ah, okay. um, but it is basically, it's the worst kind of prequel, a prequel that answers questions we never actually cared about and didn't want answers to. I'm sold already. Yeah. <laughs> That fills in the origin story of things we already had the origin story for or otherwise didn't care about. Okay. For instance... If you were to put that as a title card in the trailer, I think the film would sell. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go watch that because you could also turn this into a spoof of everything I just said okay. and make it funny. Mm-hmm. However, I'm pitching it as a serious idea. But I think if you did this as a comedy instead, it might work as a, oh God, this is why Hollywood is all rogue. Like there was that glut about now. 10 years ago of films that were just called another teen movie or another gay movie. Another, yeah, you'd exactly. have another, pre, another, another origin story movie. Another origin yeah. story movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Meet the Spartans. And, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Scary movie. That epic kind of thing, movie. Yeah. yeah. All of those. They were all awful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my, my film is uh, entirely serious. Uh, but it could have been made as a comedy and it would have been good. But it is called Before They Were Good or Bad or Ugly. Because in my experience, prequel names are all really unwieldy and silly. Yeah, (laughs) it's true. So that's what mine is. Um, I haven't cast the movie yet, but I think whoever's playing Han Solo should probably play Clint Eastwood because he's also possibly going to play Indiana Jones and Uh, therefore he can just cover the entire spectrum. What's his name? Iron Eichenbach. Iron, Iron, that. that, that's it's, why it's, I didn't. It's worse than Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, that's okay. why I wanted to pretend I didn't know what it was. Uh, okay. I see. Because I couldn't pronounce it, even though I think I know what it looks like written down. Anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, I would cast it with people who are definitely not appropriate for the uh, 
tone of the piece. Perfect. And uh, definitely don't look even slightly like the people who they're supposed to be. But I would maybe ruin the face of one of them with makeup for no good reason. Okay. <laughs> because I, I could totally believe that such and such a person is Lee Van Cleef 30 years younger mm-hmm. or 10 years younger or whatever. I haven't decided how early to place this yet. Um, but... If it was 30 years, he'd be like 10 years old, surely. They weren't yeah, that old exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, actually, let's have it end. Oh, I've decided that the end of this movie is going to be about 20 minutes before the beginning of Good, the Bad and the Ugly. Oh, okay. Oh, right. Thus, I like it that. fully yeah. rogue ones it. Brilliant. Okay. Uh, and there will be a bit at the end that completely ruins the beginning of Good, the Bad and the Ugly somehow. <laughs> okay. But I haven't worked out what or how. Okay. Because I only just came up with that idea this second. Um, but yes, it would be Lee Van Cleef. It would be someone playing young Lee Van Cleef with... Joseph Gordon-Levitt style makeup from Looper. In fact, actually, I've just cast this movie. <laughs> Lee Van Cleef, the bad, Angel Eyes, will be played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who's been made up to look like Bruce Willis. I like it. <laughs> okay, that's quite good. He's going to play the bad. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the the it's only a set of scenes, really, to fill in the origin stories of uh, things we didn't care about. Um, or we cared about but didn't want to see the origin so for instance the name on the grave where the gold is buried is unknown it's mm-hmm. the unknown name on the grave so we're going to find out that guy's name yeah and thus ruin the good the bad and the ugly in one ah, stroke okay okay uh but the name on the grave next to him was arch stanton yes so arch stanton was the name on the grave that they were trying to find i think uh good knew the name Bad knew, sorry, good knew the name on the grave, bad, uh, ugly knew the name of the graveyard. Yes. And they had to work together for that reason, uh, where the gold was buried. Uh, Arch Stanton was the name on the grave next to the unknown grave where the money was buried. So we're going to see a little sort of, at least a few scenes with Arch Stanton and this other guy. And we'll see at least four or five moments where other guy says Arch Stanton's name mm-hmm. and Arch Stanton is about to say his name but then gets somehow cut off for some I reason. It. I love it. <laughs> and then they're going to die. They're both going to get riddled with bullets and one of them and unknown is going to say, oh, Arch Stanton, I hope we get buried together or something like that. <laughs> in in oh, a, a, like a broke back. Are they like exactly. Yeah. Uh, they, oh my God, they could be. Yeah. They Aww. could be. Probably not is it for the a, period. Is it a will they, won't they? Why, why not for the period? Uh, well, because I don't... I mean, maybe it was prevalent in that period, but um, I, I didn't envisage it that way, but it totally could be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Arch Stanton maybe. Oh, maybe he's wearing some sort of dog tag or identifying marker, but unknown guy isn't. Okay. So that when people find their uh, bodies, yeah, yeah. they know to put the right name on the grave, yes. but not for the other guy. Uh, and in fact, maybe other guy has one, but it gets damaged partway through the film. Are He's we... got a dog tag and his name gets rubbed off it or something. Are we going to find out what happens to Unknown's body? Well, they both get... Oh, that's good point. Because it's not in the grave, is it's it? It's not in the grave. Well, yeah. Okay, we'll get back then. to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, Arch Stanton and Unknown Guy die. They get riddled with bullets and Unknown Guy says, Oh, Arch Stanton, I'm so glad at least at the end I was with you. And Arch Stanton says, I feel just the same... This feels very broke back. <laughs> and then he says the other guy's name and then the music goes dun 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 or something like that dun, and we have a dramatic pullback. Uh, and then later on we cut to them being buried and someone saying, who's this other guy? No idea, just put unknown. And then it cuts away again <laughs> for no reason. Uh-huh. And, but then we at least get them there. And then later on we get a completely pointless scene apropos of nothing where they just wander around the graveyard working out where to hide this coin uh, and then they just 
dig up a random grave, throw the body away and burn it, and then fill the grave with gold. Wow, that does seem quite disgraceful, but yeah. <laughs> it, it's a disgraceful poor, movie. Poor unknown soldier. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously, the uh, version of the film where the good, the bad, and the ugly... Well, the, obviously, in Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, it makes mm-hmm. good sense if that unknown grave never had a body in it. Yeah. They just pretended there was a body. Yeah. And I think that that's my headcanon for this movie. But I have, of course, ruined the movie with my terrible prequel. So now the unknown body was a body. Uh, anyway, um, in fact, actually, ooh, maybe because we, in the movie, we didn't know if Bill Carson, the guy who knew where the gold was, mm-hmm. in the movie, we didn't know if he had buried the gold or just found out where it was or whatever. So in this movie, in this prequel... We see a guy who is identifiably Bill Carson because somebody else calls him that mm-hmm. three or four yes. times so we don't miss it, <laughs> obviously. We see him burying it and sort of mopping his brow, leaning on a shovel and saying, gosh, I hope we can survive long enough to dig up this gold <laughs> or something terrible like that. Also, like, God, I'm thirsty. <laughs> yeah. And then they hop into a stagecoach and say something like, I hope we've got enough water for this trip across mm. the desert. Uh, Wink. Uh, <laughs> uh, Lots of foreshadowing in this creature. Exactly. Yeah. Because that is how you do it. Yeah. Hey, look, it's an ATST. No, wait, that's a different pointless prequel. Um, <laughs> uh, look, I liked Rogue One, but oh my God. So yeah, that's, uh, so that's the kind of burying of the stuff. But we will also see in totally unconnected scenes, the good and the ugly working together a little bit. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, even though this is happening only like a few days before the beginning of The Good, The Bad and The Ugly, yeah. they will inexplicably look five to ten years younger. What if uh, we see The Good and The Ugly working together it's like in the background almost? So we have our characters Arch Stanton and Unknown, they're just in a crowd and they're watching this hanging. I had wondered about that. I'd wondered about that, but that makes it a movie about those two guys and I kind of want it to be a weird ensemble piece that isn't sure. about any one person. Okay, yeah sort of like Pulp Fiction, but completely uh, missing I the see. point. I see, yeah. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's like Pulp Fiction, but bad, <laughs> basically. So we see, I, I mean, it would be quite good, like, uh, oh, it's a good job they found that Tuco fellow. At least they're hanging him now. Bang! Oh, where's my hat gone? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yes, yeah, good. That's the scene. Yeah. That's definitely going to happen. But then it could also pull back and pull in on the good. Mm-hmm. And then he could say to, then they could get together with Tuco Uh, And the two of them could say something like, um, oh, it's a good job we came up with this brand new scam because this is the first time we've ever done this. (laughs) There could be money in this. (laughs) Or something like that. Let's do this six or seven more times at least. Uh, And then we see Tuco go off and commit some crimes and get caught. And then we see Blondie go off and practice his rifle shooting or something. (laughs) Because that was a great scene from one of the, from Fistful of Dollars, where he gets beaten up and he practices with his gun again to get himself back up to speed. So we'll see that scene almost exactly done, but with a rifle instead. Okay. And without beating him up. So yeah, but at a certain point, the good will go to a shop and see a poncho. (laughs) <laughs> the correct poncho from the good, the bad, and the ugly. Ideally, the literal exact prop, which probably exists in a film museum somewhere. I'm sure, yeah. So that literal exact prop will be on a mannequin, and he'll walk into the shop and he'll be buying, I don't know, spam or whatever it is cowboys buy beans. Whiskey. He'll be buying beans and whiskey, and he'll say, beans "My, that's a mighty fine poncho. <laughs> how much is that?" And he'll buy the poncho and uh, and talk about how great it is, and. 
Thus, the answer of where did that iconic poncho come from will be answered with the utterly boring answer, he He bought bought it in a shop. (laughs) (laughs) Where where did the aliens come from? Oh, it was much more interesting to not know where the aliens came from than it was to find out that they were super weapons built by Prometheans, but actually hybridized with that weird lotus plant thing. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Usually the answer to these questions turns out not to be an interesting answer. So Mm -hmm. that's why that is. Uh, We will also see at some point in the background, some guy practicing playing the violin. Because there was that guy who we had some huge amount of close up on, even though there were like 10 guys playing instruments. Mm -hmm. There was one guy playing the violin who was extra, extra sad. Maybe it's because he was a famous person back in... Maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I thought that was going to go somewhere. I was like, this yeah. character's going to have well, exactly. Part, yeah. We're going to flesh out his story just okay. a little bit okay. by having him also buy a violin. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the origin of the violin? Oh, he bought it in a shop. <laughs> but yeah, we uh, that's during the bit where Angel Eyes is beating the hell out of Tuco yeah. to try and get the information out of him. And what was it they say? He'll keep beating on him while we keep playing. Yeah. And someone yells at him, hey, you, keep playing that fiddle. Yeah. And that was another example of a trope that I noticed that obviously is now a trope of that kind of horrible violence happening while really like genteel music plays in the background. They oh, get yeah. A lot now. So. Yeah. Very, very good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that would happen. And then, well, I said that it would have to end just moments before the beginning of this movie. Uh, seems to sort of cross over a little bit. It, no, not really. Because we see him buy the violin, oh, buy but we don't see him play the violin sorry, at the yeah. He's at got to learn camp. how to play it first. There's going to oh, yeah. be years uh, of practice. Exactly. <laughs> uh, we'll maybe keep cutting back to him for no good reason. Practicing. Just taking his lessons. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but obviously, this Same breaks the continuity as well. We're breaking the continuity yet again, because we could maybe set up that he can't play the violin right now, but in Good, the Bad and the Ugly, he can. But elsewhere in the film, we've established that it's only like a week later. Yes. So he's gone from just buying his first violin and can't play to actually being able to play the violin in a week because continuity can get stuffed. Maybe in that's why he was crying. It wasn't that he was upset for Paul Tuca. He's just like, I finally nailed this song. <laughs> <laughs> or he was just really, really bad yeah. and yeah. didn't was hoping no one notices. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's that. And then maybe we'll, uh, and we haven't really introduced the bad yet. So we'll see him go on a couple of murdering contracts or something. Yeah. Uh, and then kind of go back to his life as a military officer dude and then go on another murdering contract and come back. And maybe we'll see him at the beginning. We see him on a contract mm-hmm. at the beginning of Good, the Bad and the Ugly. So at the end of this film, we'll get the uh, the guy who sends him on the contract. We'll send him on the contract and he'll say, yes, I will make sure I go kill that guy and drop his name, even though I can't remember his name. Yeah. And we'll see him walking into a building which we assume contains that man and his family. Mm. And then credits will roll. Mm. So that we establish that it cuts and then the next movie happens immediately. However, ideally, we'll have him walk into that room like dressed entirely differently (laughs) for no reason and carrying a different gun. (laughs) Because obviously we should break the continuity. Or or, or maybe we don't even have him get sent on a contract. Mm -hmm. We have him going in to murder this guy in this room on a personal vendetta. Okay. So that then when he enters the room and we see the beginning of the good, the bad, and the ugly, he says, I'm here to kill you for money because of the contract I was sent on. And everyone will go, huh? That makes no sense. (laughs) Just like Darth Vader saying that you're you're not a consular ship, but not saying, I know that you're not a consular ship because I just chased you out of a battle and you're definitely a rebel ship. And why didn't I just blow you up with my space lasers? 
So yeah, that is the end <laughs> of Before They Were Good or Bad or Ugly. Before They Were Good mm. or Bad or Ugly. Yeah. Yep. Nice. I hope you have enjoyed my terrible, terrible film and rant about why prequels are awful. I'm I'm definitely sensing the underlying resentment towards prequel results. Star Wars in particular. Prequels in general and Star Wars in particular. I liked Rogue One as well. Yeah. But it was just such a pointless film. (laughs) I liked it, but they had so many moments in it which was just like, please, please leave it alone. If you want to make a prequel, make a separate prequel, but not like those first three. Well, I'm looking forward to the the Star Wars spin-off they're making about the, the two people who let the escape pod go. (laughs) <laughs> See, that would almost be worthwhile because that would be a comedy Ooh, that as a stoner comedy can we dive into that oh yeah mm-hmm. do that like what they really want to do is they both just really want to get laid yeah uh, and the reason they don't fire the laser is because one of them is dating some girl who is like the who has to do the work like yeah. whenever someone fires a laser she's got to fill in forms so he says, no, no, don't fire the laser. Otherwise, Candice will have to do extra work. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to woo Candice or something. So who is it then? Jonah Hill and James Franco? Naturally. Good, good. Yeah. Even though that makes no sense for the people who we see <laughs> in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Excellent. Oh, oh, could we also have a completely pointless, in my prequel, Before the Good, the Bad and the Ugly, uh, yeah. uh, I want a pointless cgi character who doesn't fit and is obviously cgi flapping about among other okay, practical now, effects okay now what kind of cgi are we talking what kind of character are we talking sorry like is this is this an alien uh, is, is, no is no or a no we will created we'll we'll do a uh no because let's see young harrison for no sorry young clint eastwood is being played by her uh we haven't cast young tuco yet and we haven't catch cast art stanton or unknown guy oh we did cast lee van cleef as um Oh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt looking yeah. like Bruce Willis. So let's make Tuco, yeah. Eli Waller, de-aged by five years, even though it was only a week before. Okay. And, and, and flapping CGI. about the place looking ridiculous. Okay. As CGI. And let's have him shake hands with somebody and their hands don't quite match properly <laughs> or something. Like his hand goes slightly inside the other Exactly, person's. yeah. Like <laughs> like in uh, the first sort of, like in the Final Fantasy movie and early attempts at CGI in video games where people would like hug and they just bump the character models off each other yeah or, or even worse when they kiss they just tilt their heads and then bash into each other <laughs> it's brilliant we'll have that happen even though cgi now could do better than that let's make that happen excellent because we blew all our budget on joseph gordon levitt's makeup <laughs> beautiful yeah well thank you thank you very much passion, yeah. i hope i didn't go on too long yeah hope yeah, it's fine we'll, we'll edit it down yeah oh good <laughs> oh out uh hey john my turn yeah okay so as i said i did really enjoy this film i thought i think it's absolutely a classic film in many many ways not a great film for women i will say as in there's none in it i counted two female characters in this film we're speaking roles one is a prostitute who gets slapped around a bit and then oh god yes her whole role is to get slapped around then to give some information and there's also an old crone who says who has one line and that's it what about the... Isn't there a wife at the start? Oh, yeah, and the wife. Okay, cool. Does she get to speak? She makes some soup. Ooh. I think she just looks... Yeah, I think she does, actually. Okay, so there's three speaking parts of women. Well, none of them really anything, though. Mm. So she, my point is... Yeah. She also makes soup for the male character, I think. She does, yeah. Which is a little bit stereotypical. There are no empowered female characters in this. Oh, so. Are you pitching a gender flip remake? I am ghostbustering it. Oh, my God! <laughs> oh, God, it's brilliant. Wait, hang on. Is it a passing of the torch? Oh, no, they, 
that can't really work because one of them well, is actually, dead. Is that, it a remake from the ground up? It's not, I, I'm actually, that's not true. It's not a Ghostbustering because I just said that to trigger you. What it, actually, <laughs> what, it actually, what it actually is, is in the spirit of films like Clueless and 10 Things I Hate About You, it's remaking the film as a high school comedy. Oh my God, that sounds mm. brilliant. Yeah. So where's it set? It's set in modern America Okay. in a, a high school. Uh, actually, the high school is called, this is, I was going to come to this later on, but the high school is called, what was the name of the graveyard? Sunhill? Oh my God, Sunhill High. Sunhill High, yeah. Sunhill High. Yes. Oh God. Yes, it is Sunhill High. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Okay, so our Clint Eastwood, the good, is Anna Kendrick, the actress Anna Kendrick. Yeah. So. And she is in the spirit of the first film. We never know her the character's name. She's just called Blondie. But in this version, it's because she's wait. She she blonde in this. No, let me explain. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) So she's she's a high school nerd. Yeah. And she's mockingly referred to as Blondie because she's a huge Debbie Harry fan. She's a huge fan of the band Blondie. Oh, nice. But now because it's present day, that's kind of retro and it's kind of not cool. Yes. That's her thing. So she is Blondie. So Blondie is an amateur filmmaker who hopes to enter the Young Documentary Maker of the Year competition, which is run by National Movie Magazine. And so her film studies teacher, who's going to be played by Lindsay Lohan because she's a teen star and I would like to see the passing of the torch there, yeah. uh, nice. advises her to make a film about what she knows. That's the best way to, you know, that classic cliched. You Great. Know, yeah, yeah. So make a documentary about what you know. So she decides to make a documentary about her high school called Bitches of Sunhill High. <laughs> and this is about the social structures of her school. So the unwitting subject of her documentary... Is Hang on, ca- is the name of the film Bitches of... Is the name of the whole film... Oh, no, I didn't tell you the name. Is- oh, the name is important. Okay, but, but rewind. Okay, the name of the film is The Good, The Bad, and The Fugly. Oh, that's uh, brilliant! Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, the sub- she's making this documentary called Bitches of Sunhill High. The main unwitting main subject of her documentary is a character called Angel, a girl called Angel. She's the bad. Uh, Angel <laughs> nice. Eyes Angel. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she's going to be played by Taylor Swift. Because she's oh, going to, yeah. le- again, yeah. really lean into this whole persona Taylor Swift have, has of being this kind of slightly bitchy, mean teen girl. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm trying too hard on that. Exactly, yeah. So Angel is the queen bee of the school. She's class president, head of the cheerleading squad, and she's a vicious bully who just torments Blondie all the time. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, one weekend, Angel, the bad, throws a wild party while her wealthy parents are out of town. And it, the whole school has, it's a classic high school party situation with drinking and everyone, everyone goes... So Blondie sees an opportunity to get some really good footage for this party. Okay. So she go, she crashes the party, starts secretly filming people without them knowing, you know, because she's she's a geek. Nobody pays her any attention, so she can just she can get away with it essentially. Mm-hmm. That could be a really nice shot. That'd be a really good scene to film. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So also in attendance at the party is Wait, sorry, is Anna Kendrick the geek in this? Anna Kendrick's the geek, yeah, as always, as always, yeah. as every film because she because she looks so geeky. Yes, mm. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because she's such a nerd. She's oh such a nerd. who would who would touch that one? Yeah. Um, so anyway, you all, probably wouldn't. <laughs> I was being sarcastic. She's beautiful. Um, I would. She's gorgeous. Yeah, exactly. Um, also in attendance at this party is a goffy rebel and small time drug dealer called Juno, who is the ugly yeah. or the fugly. The fugly, uh, right? And she's going to be played by Aubrey Plaza. Oh, yeah. not because she's ugly. And this is not a comment on Aubrey Plaza's appearance because Aubrey Plaza is. Hang on. Who's you, Aubrey Plaza? Help me out. Have you seen Parks and Recreation? No. Have you seen Legion? No. You don't know who Aubrey Plaza is. <laughs> Who's the girl in Safety Not Guaranteed? Might I want to say that no, might have been. Might, I, I don't know that film. Um, I'm going to Google Aubrey Plaza here. Yeah. But no, it's, it's because she, again, she's good at playing like weird outsiders. It's not this character's yeah. unattractive. Yeah, yeah. It's that she is. She's she's a goth. She's a bit of a rebel, and she's always on the verge of getting expelled. She's she's Rick a bit a goth. Yeah, she's a bad girl essentially. <laughs> yeah. So she's like this small town drug dealer. So That's she's yeah. Good casting. Yeah. Uh, so she's there to sell cocaine to the party goers. 
basically. Okay. Because that's her sideline. Yeah. So anyway, she's going around the party saying, hey, when I get this party started. And so Angel, just because she's the popular girl and she, she never wants to look, she wants to look cool. She buys a bag of cocaine and snorts it. Only realizing afterwards that she's being, being filmed by Blondie. Blondie's mm-hmm. got this whole thing on tape. So then Angel loses it. She's the class president. She can't be caught doing drugs on camera. If that got out, she'd be in so much trouble. Yes. So she demands that Blondie give her the camera. Yeah. Blondie refuses. Juno also demands the camera and threatens her because she, if she's caught on camera selling drugs, she will get expelled. So okay. they both, these people aren't, the ugly and the bad are not friends, but they both have equal reasons to want to go against Ooh, Blondie. Ooh, that's good. I like yeah. that. So they're both threatening her. And they're, both, they're both kind of, you know, ganging up to kind of get this camera off her. And then just, to, just at the last moment, the police arrived to break up the party because their neighbours called the police in a classic, you know, cliche of high school parties. Yeah. And in the confusion, Blondie manages to escape with the camera, which she then hides. Cut to the next day in school or the following Monday in school. The, the, the two girls both beg her to, give, to delete the video because, you mm-hmm. know, she's really got them over a barrel now because she has this information that they need, you know, and she can threaten them. Yes. So they're begging, begging, begging. And because she's in the camera, they have no leverage on her, really. So she uses this to blackmail them, essentially, in, in order to elevate her own social status. So Angel gets onto the cheerleading squad, gets in with the popular girl. She becomes a popular girl. And Juno, because she's a bad girl, and she gets her access to all the school exam papers. You know, she gets the answers to all the tests. Mm-hmm. So she's acing all the exams. She's, yeah. a, she's on top of the world. We're going to have a montage here of her, you know, yeah. being the new queen bee of the school. Uh, so that happens. So that goes on for a little while. But then one day, as the new queen bee, she's driving to school, and a hooded figure jumps into her car, puts a bag over her head, pushes her into the back, and she wakes. The next thing she knows, the bag is pulled off, and she's in a warehouse somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Okay. And it's Blondie <laughs> and Juno, Angel and Juno, sorry, yeah, have yeah. kidnapped her because they're just tired of her bullshit. They're not just going to be her slave for the whole rest of school life. So they've, they've again, they've come together. So they've got her tied up, and they demand the video. Because I like how you've put the bad as a as a bigger character in this. Yeah, exactly. She's a much more <laughs> yeah. of an active player That's in good. this game. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. I like that. Also, Aubrey Plaza is in safety, not guaranteed. Okay, cool. So it was. Her so idea. I did know who she was. Cool. Well, that help you to picture her then. Sort of. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she the girls kind of threaten to threaten her. They torture a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. And eventually, she breaks and she admits, "Okay, the camera is buried in my dead grandmother's grave." Oh God! <laughs> but I don't know her name. <laughs> no, she does know her name. Oh. She's like, I, I, I couldn't. Well, in that case, we've completely ruined the entire premise. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> she was called Arch Stanton? Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe she was called... What, what's a, what, how, how do you, you feminise that name? Uh, hang on. Could it be her great aunt Stanton? Could be, yeah. Aunt Stanton. Aunt Stanton, yeah, okay. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, she would be called Aunt on the Gravestone, though, would she? No, but at least she would know that okay. it was Aunt Stanton. Okay, fine. Okay, so fine. It doesn't have to be a grandma. It'd be a callback. Yeah, yeah, fine. It's buried in Great Aunt Stanton's grave, essentially. So the girls <laughs> yeah. drive her to the... Still in her car. Okay. They drive her to the graveyard, and while she watches, she's still tied up, basically. Right. So she's watching, and the two girls are digging up grand, uh, Aunt Stanton. I'm sorry. This is intense. Yeah, yeah. You, you know how mine sometimes take these intense turns. Sometimes. <laughs> so... <laughs> Always. So eventually, they, they dig in, they get six feet under, they find the coffin, pull it open, and it, all that's inside is the horribly desiccated corpse of Aunt Stanton. It's just a, a, a gruesome corpse. There's no camera in there. Great. Yeah. So they probably vomit at this point. <laughs> Maybe on, on, on Aunt uh, Possibly hilariously. <laughs> yeah. And then, the, yeah, the, this is some, some gross-up humour. And then they turn around to find Blondie standing over them, holding the camera, filming it all. She's managed to... She's <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. She's managed to escape... <laughs> 
So then she explains, of course I didn't bury the camera in my dead aunt, great aunt's grave. I'm not a weirdo. It was in the car the whole time. So, <laughs> that's brilliant. Oh my so God, now, that's so good. So now not only does she have footage of them being drug dealers, she has footage of them being grave robbers too. Is it absolutely her great aunt's grave or is that a hoax as well? Well, she has to know the name on the grave. That, that can be left. It doesn't matter either way. I'm guessing it's no one she cares about because she knew she was hoping they would dig up the grave. Okay, so. yeah. But it's a great aunt, you know, she probably never knew her. But that, yeah, that's not really important. Um, so again, so she has this footage now. If there's anything I want my, my great nieces and nephews to do, is use my <laughs> use my grave as an elaborate prank. Yeah. On, on record, I'm okay with this. Yeah, me too, actually. Rather that than organ donation, sure. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Okay, so she's got this footage now that proves that they are both drug dealers and grave robbers. And so they look at they, as they look on horrified, she turns to kind of walk away victorious. Yeah. But then she trips over a rock the camera flies out of her hands and lands on a patch of grass kind of equidistant from all three of them. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> so, and this is where we get the recreation of the wide, of the, you know, the, the very long side eye shot where they're all looking at it, looking yeah, at each other. Yeah. Who's going to break first? And that holds as long as it does in the original film. And then eventually... So about 40 minutes. About 40 <laughs> minutes, yeah. Good long time. Half the film. Yeah. And then eventually they all just die for the camera and have a full-fledged, like, fight. And there's punching, kicking, hair pulling, everything. And eventually, the t- bad and the ugly, uh, Angel, bad and the fugly, sorry, Angel and Juno, <laughs> they overpower Blondie. They manage to get the camera off her, smash its pieces against a rock. Uh, and then the camera's destroyed and the girls are kind of sat there in the aftermath, bloodied and bruised and, you know, in a mess. You know, they're covered in dirt. They've just dug up a grave. They've, they've had quite the day. Quite that, the day. Yeah. <laughs> Understatement yeah. of the podcast, I think. So then Blondie starts to cry. And this is the emotional moment of the film. And she explains that she only did what she did because she's never fit in with anyone. She's never had fit in with any particular social group. And she just wanted to feel accepted. And she has this whole inspiring end of team movie speech about why do girls have to be mean to each other? Why can't we just, you know, support each other and get along and be better? And Hashtag grave robbing. Hashtag yeah. feminism. Yes, I, was, exactly. I was about to say, at what point are they, are they updating their, their Instagram on this? <laughs> maybe maybe it, it, well, while she's giving the speech, they can be doing that. Yeah. But, but anyway, Have they but, taken photos of their meals yet? <laughs> The point is that they come to a kind of an uneasy truce and they agree to be kinder to each other from, from now on. Mm-hmm. And so they, they hug it out and then Blondie is set free now. She goes back, gets back into her car. As she starts the ignition, just before she drives away, she kind of leans out the window and says, hey, have you guys ever heard of cloud storage? <laughs> <laughs> and the girls say, no, why? And then she says, never mind. And she drives off. <laughs> Moments later, the, no- the girls get notifications on their phone simultaneously that they've been tagged in a video entitled High School Grave Robbers Exposed. <laughs> <laughs> so as the car speeds into the distance, the final shot is Juno and Angel both simultaneously recreating the last shot of the original film in which they both scream, BITCH! <laughs> oh God, that's brilliant. <laughs> the original theme tune kicks in. Boom, end of movie. <laughs> nice. I love the fact you got some Ennio Morricone music in yeah. there as well. Well, I did. That's good. We didn't talk about the score, really, did we, though? Because No, we didn't. Uh, I loved, I mean, obviously it's iconic, but God, they got their money's worth out of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. It was like, it became, again, this is where it felt cartoonish because it felt like a, it was a punchline every time there was like a comedic moment in the film. Mm. To the point where after about halfway through the film, I started imagining in my own head, every time it kicked in, I imagined it was the theme tune from the Looney Tunes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Just for the sake of closer to the original can mm-hmm. i suggest a modification to your final scene sure so maybe the good starts driving away mm-hmm. 
obviously neither of them are in a grave because they're both going to survive till the end. So we won't put the bad in the gra- in a grave. Mm-hmm. But oh, maybe she breaks a heel or something and falls into a grave at yeah, some yeah, point sure. during okay. that. Into scene. grandma's grave, yeah. Or an, an, right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then she sort of gets out and says, gosh, I'm glad I've not got any bullets in me or something yeah, like that. Okay. Uh, but then, like, could the good get in the car and then sort of say something like, out the window, she says, just make sure you smash that camera completely so the footage is totally destroyed or something. Like, it's damaged, but they're not totally sure. Okay. So she drives away and then, so they're smashing the camera. <laughs> and then she gets to the end of the road. Oh, I see. What parks up, yeah. checks her phone. And it says on the phone something about the cloud storage thing. Yeah. And she texts them. Okay. She texts them both to say, uh, like, I don't know, it came up on my cloud storage or something. And then drives off. And they're busy smashing the camera up. Beep, beep, beep. Oh, God. <laughs> or, 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 like, she uploads it immediately yeah, from yeah. her phone. Yeah. And then they see it. Okay. But yeah. they're, they can't leave the location because they've got a noose around their neck. In oh, the I see. Look the camera. Yeah. A camera ah, on the floor. They've oh, got okay. to keep smashing. I did try. And that way, yeah. she's gone a really long way away mm-hmm. before she releases them from the predicament they were in by telling them what really happened. Okay. Yeah, I did try and think of a way to do some recreation of the noose thing, but I just couldn't make it work. But yeah, yeah that well, was they good. got a metaphorical yeah, noose. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. The of a camera they're going to yeah. smash. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No, any any other questions or? Nah. Yeah. Sounds the good, the bad, and the fugly. That was the good, the bad, and the fugly. Yeah. <laughs> I'd watch that film. <laughs> I totally watched that film. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it. So, yeah. Wait, hang on. Is there... Ooh, which members of the original cast are still alive? I think it's probably Only just Clint, Clint Eastwood. Eastwood. Yeah, Eli Wallach's dead and Lee Van Cleef is yeah. dead. Yeah. Uh, could Clint Eastwood be the high... Uh, could be, he be the principal of the school? Oh, yes. I oh, like that. Good yeah. That is good. Yeah. That is, yeah. Uh, and at one point, he should shout something about, I never did anything like that when I was young or some... Yeah. Or he could be the police, one of the police officers who breaks up the party. That's the role he could... Oh, that'd yeah. be good. Yeah. yeah. Doubt yeah. you kids, I'm one day away from retirement. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, because that kind of fits in with a lot... Oh, that, oh my God, he could play Dirty Harry. Well, yeah. he, he could do the do you, punk. Yeah. He, he could do that line. Mm. He could do the Dirty Harry line. I, I quite like the idea that he definitely says something about how nothing like that ha- ever happened to him when he was younger. Or yeah, some, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah something like that. And at one point, he's eating a plate of spaghetti. Yeah. So really <laughs> hammer it. Home. Or maybe there's a cat in a hat for no reason. A little kitten in, in his hat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that kitten. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that could work. Oh my God, that'd be brilliant. Yeah. Well, I believe that's uh, that's it, isn't it? Cool, yeah. So next week, unless we get any more guests in, it's your turn, Harry, I believe. Oh yeah, so I was thinking that, well, there's one genre that I feel we haven't really covered um, in the films we watch, but maybe we have any ideas we pitch, and that is romantic comedies. Oh, okay. We haven't done that yet. So I've decided I was going to pick one of my favourites from a while ago, uh, which is Fifty First Dates. Ooh, Okay. Apologies, but uh... no, no, I've, I've not <laughs> see. I've seen the wedding singer, but I've not seen Fifty First Dates. So uh, I'm not the biggest Adam Sandler fan, but we'll, we'll give it a go. Yeah. Yeah, well, open, open minds, open hearts. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's what's that's what will be next week. Please do tune in. Mm. So in the meantime, if you have enjoyed this podcast, let us know if you have any ideas for what how you would like to see the good, the bad, and the ugly, either a sequel, a prequel, a remake, or a reboot, or any kind of spin off, really. Send your ideas to us. Uh, we are beyondtheboxset.com. You can email us at beyondtheboxset at gmail.com. Edit that. Uh, <laughs> Twitter at beyondtheboxset. And Facebook, just search Beyond the Box Set. Use any of those channels. Let us know and we'll give you a shout out on a future episode. So, yeah. Yeah. Any sign off from you, Ross? <laughs> um, also tune in to Beer Pizza in a Movie and hear me and Harry talk more about films. Yeah, mm-hmm. we actually uh, recently launched on iTunes. So we're now professional. Yes. Theme yes. tune and everything. 
theme tune and everything. Yeah, check out our Logan review is our most recent one. And yeah. brilliant. Well, um, thanks for having me, guys. Anytime. Oh, yeah, you're very you've, welcome. You've, you've done us proud. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. First guest. Yeah. Beautiful. Set the bar high. Yeah. Great. Okay. Um, catch you all next week. Bye. Bye. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>